Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Today, we have with us Dr. Michael Neal. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hi, how are you doing today, Barbara? Good, thanks. Uh, Dr. Neal is an optometrist and the founder of Build My Team. This is very interesting. It's a company dedicated to helping healthcare professionals find the right team members for their practice. It can be nothing worse than spending months or even a year training people to work in your office. And after you get people that are what you feel is appropriate for you, they mm-hmm. quit. Whether it's to change their profession, go to an office that pays them more, or um, just decide to stay home. But especially nowadays when some people don't want to work in doctor's offices, but you know, here you spent the time training and then you have nothing to show for your efforts. Another problem, which is why it is good to have someone like you, is because the people that work in the office at the desk are your first line. They are a reflection of you, and they are uh, telling people about you and your services. And if they are incompetent, it's just going to go down the line. So I think what you do is really quite helpful. Uh, Over the years of growing uh, his practice, Dr. Neal invented a scientific and predictable way to hire superstar team members. Dr. Neal takes the guesswork out of hiring with this scientific process and saves other healthcare providers valuable time while helping to reduce turnover. Uh, Now, this is quite interesting. Who knew that there was actually a scientific basis for hiring people? You know, before that, you know, you got to see someone, their resume looked good, they looked presentable, and they laughed at your jokes. What could be better? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, it turns out there can be a lot better than that. Yeah. So tell us, tell us all about the scientific approach to hiring and how you go about it. Sure. Uh, So uh, first of all, I'm an eye doctor still in practice. And you say, well, what the heck does an eye doctor have to do with a dental practice, chiropractic practice, anything like that? What you find in um, working, we're in eight different healthcare specialties right now as I speak so far. And what we find is that all of the different healthcare specialties have something in common. And that's that we work with administrative and clerical staff, our team members. They're the ones that actually execute the, the vision that the doctor provides uh, for the practice. So in terms of the scientific approach, um, I did a really deep dive into how the Four Seasons, uh, Ritz-Carlton, companies like that, how they're doing their hiring. And what I found out is as doctors, we're doing it all wrong, just completely upside down. Who knew, right? We didn't get that in school, did we? So what they did instead of, uh, you know, putting out um, job ads and trying to get resumes in and sorting through people manually, they ran them all through a scientific screening process. And 
they would use that process to eliminate the people that they knew could not possibly do the job. So right off the bat, they, you know, in some of these cases, they took out thousands of applicants uh, because they knew they couldn't do the job. And then when they find people that they know can do the job, that's where the, the essentially the process starts, where maybe they're going to look at resumes and then they bring them in for interviews, et cetera. But at that point, they know every single person they're talking to has the potential to be a great long-term candidate. Well, how do you predict the outcome? Psychometrics. There's a whole field of science that is um, unknown to most people in healthcare, and that's exactly what this field does. So we start out with uh, a mindset measurement. In healthcare, we all have a, well, there's a healthcare mindset. You have to love people. You have to um, love taking care of them, love learning. I mean, learning in healthcare, boy, (laughs) when will that stop, right? It's a tsunami of information every single day. You know, we're looking for people who have initiative, who uh, have the ability to be results focused. Um, They have to be grateful and appreciative. And we really want team players. So all of those things are part of the mindset that we're looking for. And that's step one with our scientific assessment process. Um, Once they have that healthcare mindset and we know that's the case, then we move them to the next step. And, And by the way, if I can back up a little bit, I wanted to mention that our entire process is a done-for-you process for the practice. So all they do is tell us they need a secretary, a dental assistant, a medical uh, assistant, whatever the the position might be. And then our company posts the job, writes the job ad, posts the job ad to 22 different job boards. So it's not just posting to onesies, twosies. Uh, we want to get the maximum amount of applicants. And then as soon as those applicants apply, within two to three seconds, they get a link sent to them on their cell phone. They're not even applying via email because we know that the medical assistants of the world and the dental assistants and all those younger folks who are generally younger people, um, they're not using email. And it doesn't matter what their age is. They're just generally not using email. So they get into our our process um, immediately. And these are people who might be applying for 30 jobs in an hour. We've seen it. It's crazy. You know, as doctors, we wouldn't even imagine doing something like that. But they do that. They don't even remember what job they applied for. (laughs) It's terrible. I mean, uh, it's really quite disconcerting. And that's why our process was built that way. So the next thing after we check their mindset, um, what's their speed of learning? So believe it or not, we can measure that. And it's very, very straightforward. If somebody learns really quickly, well, guess what? You've got somebody you can work with. If somebody learns extremely slowly, how's that going to work for your practice? You know, what do you think? Does that generally work out well when you're talking to your clients? It certainly does. But you said something which is quite interesting, contrary to what a lot of people believe. You say, forget about their experience, forget about their resume. And obviously these are two things that ordinarily person hiring would look at the most. Why do you say that? If you go, okay, we got a person hired in a position who's still there. Her resume constituted four lines of text. I'm not joking. (laughs) 
four lines of text. And you say, well, how is that even possible? She was a superstar, not at writing resumes. She was a disaster at writing resumes, but she was a superstar for a technician position in uh, in a healthcare practice. So what ends up happening is doctors are looking for experience because it's what doctors know to look for. It's wrong. Stop it. Just stop doing that as fast as you possibly can, and you will get better results. You're looking for people who are naturally talented and gifted at the position that you're trying to bring them into. So for example, in a medical secretary uh, position, this is somebody who has to be um, friendly. Of course, we all know that, but they also have to be highly transactional. They have to be completely capable of following a process, have high stress tolerance. Um, They need to be able to um, follow procedures and policies consistently. They can't be uh, bored by extended routine. These are all things that we're measuring. And you say, well, how the heck do you measure those? Well, believe it or not, we can. And it's unbelievably reliable. So for each of these types of positions, we know what makes an outstanding um, person in that particular role. And that's who we're looking for. Now, here's the catch. The catch is these people are intelligent. They learn far faster than you can possibly imagine. And then when they're in the role, they love it. They don't, they don't understand why what they're doing is special because it comes so easily to them. All right. So that's the catch. How's that sound for a pretty decent catch? It does. Do you actually have a way also to measure whether someone is a people person, has people skills so that they can not only be friendly, but tolerate people who might be a little bit more irritating when they get to the office? Yeah, um, because we all know, especially uh, this is being recorded during COVID times and and irritating is is not the accurate word for it. (laughs) That's way past that. But yes, we measure if they're cool and impersonal with patients or if they're warm and friendly with patients. Um, We measure their stress tolerance. And in the old days, healthcare was pretty much a lot easier. Now it's a pressure cooker. On the doctor side of things, a lot of us don't realize how much of a pressure cooker it is. But you are expected to um, to perform with patients and be incredibly accurate, get everything squared away, and then move on to the next patient. And most of the people who are applying for the positions in your practice cannot do that. Okay, so let's just let's hit that right on the head. They cannot do what you're asking them to do. That's why they don't stay. That's why they're not working out. Um, They're fantastic in an interview and somewhere between disasters to not very good when they're actually in the role itself. And our process was designed from scratch to prevent that. You mentioned that new hires should be experienced in failure. Uh, That seems like an interesting thought. Uh, What do you mean by that? Well, as far as experience and failure, I think almost everybody coming into a healthcare practice is, unless this is their first job ever, which isn't very common. Um, Most of the people that are applying for these jobs, they're looking for stability. That's the reason they apply to a healthcare practice, especially after COVID um, has changed people's opinions on things. Healthcare practices, uh, for the vast majority, stayed open, provided paychecks, checks. Um, They're open again. The demand is crazy. We've got all of these things that make it an incredible position for uh, applicants long-term. 
and they want the stability of these types of positions. It doesn't matter what they've done in the past because almost none of them come to the table with a resume that looks like they're a career technician or a career secretary. Okay. And I will tell you from our experience as a company, and we have done this a lot all around the country, when somebody comes to the table with a resume that makes them look absolutely perfect, it is a red flag for us. They still go through our entire assessment process. And I will tell you definitively, it is very rare that they're recommended to the practice. It's, it's so counterintuitive that it's kind of hard for, for clinicians to get their arms around. You're not looking for that person. That person generally will leave to an, for another practice for 50 cents a dollar an hour more. They are doing it because that's all they've ever done. Um, occasionally we'll have superstars in that role, but they would go through our assessments and then they're a slam dunk. Uh, but the vast majority of the people we bring to practices are superstars who don't know they're a superstar for that role. They're able to hop into the role, learn it very, very quickly. And I'll give you an example. Our technician process, when we were hiring the, the traditional way, took about six months to get a technician up and running in our practice. Um, Using our new method with the Build My Team candidates that uh, we hire, we're somewhere in the realm of 10 to 12 days to getting them productive and approximately three business weeks by the time they're on their own. And that's from a six-month process. This is how big of a difference it can make for your practice. Well, there are two questions that my listeners have uh, requested that I ask you. And one is, you know, you're a successful eye doctor. How, you know, and every doctor does go through a hiring process, a vetting process. How is it that you decided, you know what, I'm going to take this, build build a business and run with it to help other health professionals. How did that come about? Well, let me tell you, it did not start like that. (laughs) Not even anywhere close. This was out of necessity, absolute necessity. We had uh, a ton of people run through our practice. My wife was in charge of the hiring at the time. She's an amazing clinician, fantastic. Patients adore her. However, she's super empathetic. And in that particular position, candidates will completely take advantage of her in an interview. They'll tell her what she wants to hear. They'll um, they'll do everything they possibly can to make her hire them. And what ended up happening is she would hire what I refer to as wounded puppies. Nobody can ignore a wounded puppy, right? You know, you got to get that puppy in. You got to nurse them back to health, make them, you know, nice and comfortable. It's, it's all the wrong direction. It really, really was. What we need to do instead is we need to hire superstars who are performers for the particular positions. And the scientific approach that um, we, we developed and converted to was not done to start a company. It was done for the sole purpose of getting me out of this misery that we were in with our practice with constant turnover, et cetera. So this whole thing started from a cell phone where I was um, texting these candidates manually. We built a whole bunch of software. Um, We built software for emailing candidates. We had to shut the whole thing down because email doesn't work with candidates. Um, I had an assistant at the time who spent four hours one day trying to explain to candidates what a spam box was. 
They didn't know. Believe it or not, this, this, it was terrifying. <laughs> so we ended up converting everything to text-based and it's been fantastic ever since. So that started from a cell phone and we're currently in, I believe, 34 states, eight different healthcare professions in uh, the United States and Canada. Are you a computer whiz or did you seek out IT specialists to help you with your plan? Sure. We have an entire team behind us that that does the development. Um, we have psychometric experts. And the, um, the beautiful part of all of this is the amount of feedback we get is tremendous. So we built internal feedback loops to get better and better and better. So when we first started, we were rejecting somewhere around 80 plus percent of candidates. Now we reject approximately 97% of candidates. So if you think about that enormous stack of resumes you have on your desk, or even worse, hardly any resumes that you have on your desk, um, you know, it's either death by a thousand paper cuts or you're terrified because you only have a couple candidates and you don't know and you don't like any of them. Right. Our process is built to prevent both of those situations from um, getting any type of traction. If you have a ton of resumes, great. Our automated process um, runs the candidates through the screening and you remove almost all of them. On the other hand, if you only have a couple of candidates, well, you're not using enough job boards, your job ad might be flawed, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what our team does is we cast the widest possible net to get as many applicants as we can, and then remove the ones that we know would not be able to do a great job. You are in 34 states, which is fantastic. So obviously, you know how to get the word out to promote yourself. Uh, what marketing did you do to you know, get your name out there? Well, definitely for Build My Team, um, the bulk of our growth, and I'm super grateful for this, has come organically with referrals. Um, the company... Uh, when it, it turned from a solution for my own practice to doing it for some friends and then growing it into a, a company to help other doctors, what we decided is we wanted to essentially solve this problem so thoroughly for a practice that they couldn't possibly imagine going back to doing it themselves. And that's what we've been able to do. Super happy and grateful for that. Um, so now our goal is to, when we start working with a new practice, we have a, uh, a free consultation call where our team will discuss how a practice operates, what they're looking for. And a lot of times it's, you know, we want a person to be able to do this, 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 and this. And it turns out to be, you know, two or three roles. Um, we help the practice refine that so that we can get a person who can really knock this out of the park. And if it turns out they need two people, well, then two people knock it out of the park. And that ends up, um, I'll give you an example. In our own practice, we used to have 14 staff members. Now we have 10. Um, we stayed open 100% of the time through COVID and we had our best year ever and we're following with again, our best year ever. So even with approximately 40% less staff, we're still doing better because we have superstars. And we replaced approximately 80% of our team with new team members from the Build My Team process in order to generate those results. So this isn't theoretical. It's not academic. This is actually happening in, um, in our practice and in practices around the country. 
For established practices where there are one or two employees that are, let's say, less than stellar, which is more polite than saying they suck at their job. Yeah. But the health professional says, you know what, they are ineffective and inefficient, but I don't really want to go through a whole vetting process all over again. Do you have a recommendation as to how to get rid of that ineffective person? And do you bring on other people to take over the role as you phase out the person that's ineffective? We do. Um, This happens all the time. The person who is, let's say, mediocre or politely a legacy employee that's been there forever, um, you have to have an honest discussion with yourself. Are you happy with their performance or not? If they're, you're not happy with them, then it's time for planned replacement, essentially. And we have uh, our, our team will have discussions with the practice to make sure that's a very smooth process, but it really has to happen. If you don't do that, and this is critical, an A player and every practice has one person, well, I would hope, almost one person or more who are just terrific, right? Mm-hmm. They're A players. A players will tolerate a B player, but they will leave the practice if you're trying to make them work with a C player. So stop and think about that for a second. How many C players do you have on your team? If you have, if the answer is, <laughs> is zero, terrific. We don't need to work together. If the answer is one or more, then we start with the C players, and then over time we'll replace the, the all the C players and the B minus. Um, you know, when it gets to an A or a B plus, you're doing great. Your practice is running like a Swiss watch. But up until that point, it's time to bite the bullet. And what you'll notice, and this happened to me, this happened to my wife. I cannot begin to tell you how much more pleasant it is to walk into our practice. I enjoy it. I like coming to work now because almost all of us love the patient care side, but it's the team. You've got these people who complain, gripe, groan. They're not doing their job. You're constantly on them. You're an adult babysitter. You can't do that anymore. Practices, they don't work when that happens. Replace the team members that are causing those problems with superstars. And you'll notice that instead of being 90% stress, my job, my role in the practice is now 90% stress-free. It has changed my life. I bet. So other than, or besides saying, uh, well, just hire, build my team, uh, what one tip can you give to help health professionals out there now? If you aren't using a scientific screening process of some type, then you are engaging in the beautiful definition of insanity. <laughs> You're doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. It's roulette. It's, it's a slot machine. You're going to sit in front of the person in an interview. You'll have their resume. They're going to tell you whatever they need to tell you to get the job. The resume, uh, we call it a fictional failure file. It, it's <laughs> completely made up. It documents all of their failures, and you're going to make a decision on that. So flip it around. Imagine as a clinician, a patient comes to you. They walk into your exam room. They lie about why they're there. They lie about all their medications, their entire health history. It's it's puffy. It's made up. It's just fiction. And then they tell you, 
I want you to solve my problem. Where do you even start, right? But this is what happens in an interview in the hiring process all the time. We've created the better mousetrap. It's working spectacularly. It's affordable. You don't have to do that anymore. That's the whole point. That is wonderful. So Mike, tell us where our health professionals can get in touch with you. Yep, super easy. Uh, www.buildmyteam.com. So that's www.buildmyteam.com. And the um, uh, you can schedule a free consultation with one of our team members at your convenience because we all know we're super scheduled people. Um, if you have a moment and uh, you're looking to talk to somebody live, it's 800-434-TEAM, T-E-A-M. Well, that's how to get hold of us. Yeah, fantastic. It has been a real treat having you today. And we've all learned something. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun besides. So thank you for being here. All right. Thank you so much, Barbara. And I'd love to thank your audience for listening. This has been another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.